Beyond the Mic with Sean Dillon. We're joined on the star line by an educator and New York Times best-selling author. Both of her books were published after the age of 80. She writes every day, occasionally giving constructive criticism to her son, Mike, because of his darn dirty jobs. We welcome author of Vacuuming in the Nude, Peggy Rowe. <laughs> Good morning, Sean. How you doing? Absolutely great, Peggy. Let's go beyond the mic. You've written all your life, sending manuscript after manuscript to publishing houses that politely said no for 60 years. After two best-selling books and on the way to a third, why does writing give you joy? Wow, go figure. I, You know, sometimes, Sean, I call it a curse. I just cannot not write. I think I think it must be a genetic thing. Although I didn't begin writing until after college when I started teaching school and started writing poetry for my third graders. Um, it... To say that it brought me immediate success is sort of true because my third grade girls recited my poetry while they were jumping rope uh, on the playground, and it made me feel like a celebrity. But I have been writing for 60 years, and I've had some minimal success uh, with newspapers and magazines through the years, and that brought me pleasure. But you know what? Uh, I received just as much pleasure seeing my writing through the eyes of my parents. They were so proud of me. Um, my dad one day said, Han, did you really write this yourself? Maybe one day you'll have a book. And my mother lived in the home when she was older, and she would travel around, travel the halls of the home in her motorized scooter with my articles in in the basket of her scooter and heaven help the person she would meet. So, you know, there are all kinds of success. Yes, I've always wanted a book and I'm just as pleased as punch to have three books, but um, just writing in general has brought me so much pleasure. Peggy, your entire family is voracious readers, but what's your favorite book of all time? And what do you like to read? Well, duh, I read a lot of humor because I am a humorist. Um, that's what my publisher calls me. First and foremost, I'm a humorist. I look at the world around me and where you might um, see more dire headlines. I manage to see some humor in most things. Um, so, of course, I loved the writings of Irma Bombeck. Uh, I like David Sedaris. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm drawn to humor. When you heard applause for the first time for your poem, Too Real, you said you could still hear it when you went to dinner. Why is the sound of applause so wonderful in your mind? Well, I guess because it, it's a sign of, uh, of affirmation. Um, it's a sign that people approve of what you've done. You know, I went to that, um, that day-long conference, writer's conference, and I had been a failure. I mean, I... I considered myself a bit of a failure because I had not been able to get the attention of any publishers. But I had submitted a poem, and um, this was a Random House event. And when I learned that my poem was a winner in the humor category, I was just thrilled. 
And uh, they insisted that I read it in front of an audience. So I did. It was the first time I heard applause and I couldn't believe it was for me. Well, uh, more accurately, that it was for something that I had written. Uh, But I think some of it was, you know, some poetry can be kind of heavy and syrupy, sweet and contain kind of sickening words. I mean, ethereal glow and some of it's way out there. I think the audience was just so relieved to have something funny to laugh at. They just automatically applauded. Peggy, did you ever consider sending rejections to all the publishers who wanted you now for book three, but who had rejected you over the years? I mean, (laughs) sorry, you're just not the right publishing house for me. (laughs) Well, that's funny. You should ask that because um, when I had no luck with publishers, my son, Mike, who has a a large following, read the book. And he said, Mom, this is terrific. This needs to be out there. I'll self-publish it. I've never done it before, but I'm going to self-publish it. So he did. He had 10,000 copies printed, put them on eBay, and they sold out in, in weeks. And then the big publishers came calling. They wanted um, They wanted my book. And so I had the privilege of interviewing publishers to see which publisher I would eventually go with. So I'm telling you, publishers came to town. They brought me flowers. They brought me candy. They took me to lunch. And I thought to myself, hmm, how will I let this publisher down? And these are big houses. Should I say, um, oh, you know what? Your work shows great promise, but um, it just doesn't fit my short list for now. Uh, Try again, uh, you know, some other time. But don't give up. (laughs) But of course, I didn't say that. I was gracious and nice. And and I did go with um, Jonathan Merck of Forefront, who had been a long time um, executive at um, Simon & Schuster. Um, And then went out on his own. And I was actually the first book that um, Forefront published and it became a bestseller and I was just as happy for Jonathan as I was for me. Now with your appearance, you are the first mother-son duo to be on Beyond the Mic. We've had Mike on the show and he said, you should hear my mom. (laughs) What's this one story you want to tell next? Well, 15 months ago, my husband and I moved into, quote, the home, quote, It's a huge facility. There are over 2,000 people in independent living. And then there are the other two phases, assisted living and nursing. So we will be here for the remainder of our days. My husband will be 90 in two months. Wow. I'll be 85. Um, Listen, material falls into my lap here at the home. It is everywhere. And they say... Look, if you've just had a book published, don't even think about your next book until you finish marketing your first book, because it's going to get your head in that next place and you need to be in your current book. So I'm trying not to write, but oh, it's hard. It's hard. Material is everywhere. Listen, when the young waiter in the dining room drops a whole bowl of creamy coleslaw into your husband's lap. And then is so nervous that he can't stop giggling. Listen, this is material. You got to write about this. Your family supported your writing through rejections and success. How has their support helped you? 
they're always there. They claim to read what I write. They claim to like it. I, I choose to believe them. Most of all, you know, in 1997, I had cancer. And I went through a really bad patch for a couple of years. And I suffered from depression, which is not unusual. I was going through the treatment. I had surgery and treatment. It was a tough time. And uh, they were all there for me. But Mike, especially, um, I joined a support group. And Mike came home to visit. And he said, Mom, I hope you're writing about this and put some humor in it. I said, Mike, look at me. Do I look like somebody who's going to sit down and write a funny story? He said, Mom, do it. Do it for the thousands of women out there who have had a similar diagnosis. You know, Do it for your family. It's time for One Big Question with author of Vacuuming in the Nude, Peggy Roby on the mic. Peggy, how do you want people to remember you? I want people to remember me. I have a social media following of hundreds of thousands. I want people to remember me as the person who made them laugh. Uh, the, the person who helped them to fall asleep when they've had a bad day. Her latest book is Vacuuming in the Nude, an assortment of incredibly funny stories about life with some doozies about her son, Mike Rowe, <laughs> and putting her publisher on hold to finish a game of Mahjong. We thank author Peggy Roll for taking the time to talk with us today. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. And that, my friends, is a Beyond the Mic Shortcut. <laughs> <laughs>